0: When we are doing well, let us never seek a crown. Replace the light that once bent brightly in our lives. Give us the passion, O God, even to serve you with all our strength, with all our might, O God. We thank you for today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this atmosphere. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, hallelujah. Are you happy you are in church today? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you glad you are in church today? Let let me give you a secret. Let me tell you something. If you are not happy you are in church, then you are going to be in trouble in heaven. Because I read somewhere in the Bible, in Psalm 23, it says that, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord I didn't hear you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So if being the house of the Lord doesn't excite you, then you are in trouble. (laughs) I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. If being the house of God doesn't excite you, then you are in trouble. Because David said that we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. When time is no more, you will still dwell in the house of the Lord. Because to be absent with, from this body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. We're going to read from 19 to 23. First Corinthians chapter number 9 to 19. I, I missed you last week. I don't know whether you missed me, but I missed you. But I was in church because I, was on, I joined the online family. I was in another church, but I was in church throughout. When Pastor Sam was preaching, I was listening to it, and the message was so powerful. Oh, I think you can do better than that. We have a very powerful pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. For though I am free from all men. I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews, I became Jew, a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I may win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ. That I might win those who are without, the, without law. To the weak I became as weak. That I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men. That I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake. That I, might, I may be partaker of it with you. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Apostle Paul was writing to the uh, church in Corinth and he said to them that his sole motivation was to win the lost at all costs or win the lost by any means. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to you about winning the lost by any means. Winning the lost by any means. He said that I became a Jew to the Jews. I became an outlaw to the outlaws. To the weak, I became weak. To the strong, I was strong. Pastor Gloria is saying that if we are all poor, how can we reach the rich? To the rich, we have to show ourselves as rich. To the poor, we have to show ourselves as poor. To the gentile, we have to show ourselves as gentle. To the learned, we have to show ourselves as learned. We have to become all things. To the young, we show ourselves young. To the old, we show ourselves old. Hallelujah. So that by any means we may win some. Hallelujah. He he was saying that he needed to reach out. The sole purpose of his gospel, of him being around, was to win many for the Lord. Win many for for God. I'm going to tell you a little story that a man of God told. The guy is called uh, Tony Campolo. Now, Tony Campolo said he went... He went on holiday. Is that okay for me to down? come now? Now, Tony Campolo went on holiday, and um, because he came from the east coast of America, he went to uh, this place that was six hours behind. So, by 2 a.m., he was awake because his body was, hadn't adjusted to the time of the place where he had gone. So, he was awake, and he was hungry. So, he decided to walk around the town looking for a place to, a a little restaurant or something to, to go and eat. And and he couldn't find anything, anything because everywhere was closed. And then as he was returning, he saw this old dingy restaurant that was open. And when he went there, he saw this big burly guy who was, uh, had the dirty apron and he uh, said to him, what do you want? And he said, uh, can you can I have a, a, a coffee and a, a donut or something? Not bad, not bad. So, the guy said he, he he went and he poured the coffee, gave it to Campolo and then he took his dirty hands, he rubbed it on his dirty apron and then he used his hand to take um, a, donut. a donut and slapped it on the uh, the plate and say, here, eat it. And Campolo said he was hungry because he was trying to eat. So, as he was eating, it was, this was around three, th- almost three in the morning. Then three, eleven ladies walk, walked in. Eleven prostitutes walked in. And um, when the eleven prostitutes walked in, they, they, I mean, the way they were dressed and everything, he was sat in the corner and was looking at these people. And one of the prostitutes, I'm not going to use the name because, okay, Watermelandra. Now, well, Watermelandra said that tomorrow is my birthday, Hi. and then the other prostitute, you know, chewing the garment. and, what do you want? What? You, why are you telling us it's your birthday? What do you want? Do you want a party? He said, she said, I, I have never had a party since I was born. I'm going to be 39 years tomorrow. I've never had a party. And um, uh, I'm only telling you, I don't expect a party. I'm only telling you that tomorrow is my birthday. So, as they, they sat, they drank, and then all of them left. After they had made so much noise, they left. So, when they left, Campolo told uh, the, the man, Harry, it's called Harry. He told Harry that, can we make a surprise for water Melandra? Can we throw a birthday party? which she's never had before. I'll go join the day. I'll go and buy decorations. So we'll decorate this room. And then the, the lady at the back came out and said that I'll also bake a cake. And um, Harry says that I'll supply the drinks. So <laughs> they made a date and then they, am I telling the story good? Oh, yeah. Then they 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 came, so the, the next morning they just uh, then the one at the back said, I know her friends, so I'll invite all her friends. So all the prostitutes came, 39 of them. 3 a.m. the next day, as they walked into the this dingy restaurant, it <inaudible> was decorated a happy birthday with Tamilandra and everything. And she walked in, they had baked the cake with a candle on it, and, and she started crying when she saw it. And, and harry said blow the candle make a wish and blow she was she, she was frozen. she was frozen she couldn't do anything so harry blew the candle for her and then they said harry said cut the cake cut the cake they said no can my mother lives about uh, four or five blocks away from here can i take the cake and go and show my mother that for the first time in my life i am Having a birthday party. Then Campolo said, well, it's your birthday, it's your cake. If you want to go and show it to your mom, we'll wait for you. Go and come. So when Watamelanda stepped out, Campolo said to the 38 prostitutes, let us pray. (laughs) Then they all looked at each other. (laughs) Then they closed their eyes. Paul said, "Lord, we pray for what Amanda. We don't know how she ended up where she is. Maybe she was molested at a young age by a pervert, and maybe she had been she has been abused all her life. But whatever it is, today is her birthday, and we want you to bless her in the name of Jesus. Amen." amen. And when she f- finished amen, all the people were looking at him. Then Harry said, How come you didn't tell me you're a priest? What church do you belong to? Mm. Then Campolo said, I belong to the church that throws parties for prostitutes at 3 a.m. He said, what type of church is that? There's no church like that. Then Campolo said, no, I belong to the church that throws parties for prostitutes Mm. at 3 a.m. Prostitutes, they don't know. And Harry says that If there's a church like that, I want to belong to it. I came to tell all of us that the people that God has sent us to reach, they may not look like us. They may not be as good as us. They may not be as clean as us. But we have to love them enough to have compassion for them. Am I making sense? To have compassion for them. To reach out to them. If it means throwing a party for a prostitute at 3 a.m., you do so. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. If it means uh, uh, being a friend to 39 prostitutes, it doesn't take anything away from your calling. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him will not perish. Am I making sense? God, God, God is expecting you. The Bible says God sent his son not to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, sometimes the reason why we are not reaching out to people is because we condemn them by looking at them. As soon as we see them, in our minds we have condemned them already. They don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't think like us. They don't do what we do. So, they are not right. Yesterday, I got a phone call. I was here. I was in the office and I got a phone call and that phone call broke my heart. Somebody just called and said, is this the the, the place you can make confession? I, I was taking her back. Then she started talking that I want, to make my, I want to make a confession. Then she said, I can't say what she said, but it was pretty horrible what she said. And when she, she was crying and she said it, then I said to her, can I stop you? Can I get you to come here tomorrow? I will get somebody to speak to you. I will get a lady, because the thing that she was saying, it's really for a lady to deal with. So I'll get a lady to speak to you. She said, I cannot face anybody. I cannot face anybody all I can do is to speak on the phone. And as I was talking to her, she was, she kept crying. Kept, she said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. And she banged the phone. And my heart was broken. That we have made the gospel. We have looked down on people so much that they can't come with their filth. They are, they feel condemned already because this lady was saying that her father told her that no priest will want to hear the confession she has to give. So, she didn't want to come to confession. She wants to do it on the phone. And she looked on the Google and our church's phone number came. Thank God when she called, I was in the office. Hallelujah. Why have we made Christianity so inaccessible? Why have you made the love of God so unreachable that nobody can reach it? The love that is so freely given, we have made it so inaccessible to people. You have to be clean before you can come to the house of God. You have to smell good before you can come to the house. You have to wear certain type of clothes before you can come to the house. No, there is nothing like that. Come as you are. Whosoever will, may come. Let us come. Where we are, God is not afraid to accept us and to cleanse us so that we smell good. I don't know whether I'm talking to somebody. Paul was saying that, listen, let's let's not be condescending. If you meet Jews, behave like a Jew. If you meet a Gentile, behave like a Gentile. Come to their level. Speak to them. You've met a prostitute. Speak to the prostitute. Throw a party for them. Ah, the place has gone quiet and haven't even started. Mark chapter 8. <laughs> Mark chapter 8 verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Jesus was one day walking by and he came to a place in Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, 35 down. Jesus was, went about the cities and villages teaching in the synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease. And when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep not having shepherd. And he said, Jesus said this, that the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Why are the laborers few? The laborers are few because the laborers are selective. The laborers are few because they don't have compassion. The laborers are few because they are selfish in their outlook. We, now that we are in church and we have Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, now we need silver and gold. Pastor, come, uh, prophesy on me. Pastor, bless me. Pastor, heal me. Pastor, I, I, uh, give me uh, your time. I need to come and speak to you. I have this problem and that problem. What about the others who have worse problems than you? Who haven't crossed salvation as yet? What is your interest in that? hallelujah. I want to give you five simple reasons why we must win the lost at all costs. Five simple reasons. Number one is Mark chapter eight verse that I just gave 36. What shall it profit a man to win, gain the whole world and lose his whole soul? Now, what Mark was saying was that a soul is more precious than the whole world's goods. I don't know whether you understood what I said Mark was saying that a soul is more valuable than the whole world's goods put together as we are busy looking for money we are busy looking for material things we are busy looking for houses we are busy looking for things that, that we will not take anywhere we forget that a soul is a soul and it is precious in the eyes of God What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man exchange for his soul? Is there anything that we can put as exchange when you're going to do a better trade? I have this book, and I want to trade it for your phone. The value must be at par in order for us to exchange. Am I making sense? If the value is not at par we cannot exchange because somebody will be cheating the other. So what shall a man exchange for his soul? What is at par with the soul of a man so that you can swap? There is nothing. There is nothing that is more valuable than the soul of a man. So there is nothing to swap with. As we are dealing with our uh, peers we are dealing with our neighbors and everything have we taken time to find out where that soul will end up and as is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment after death life after death is judgment where would they end up have we taken time Because we all have eternity. It is where we are going to spend eternity. That is the problem. Are you spending eternity in heaven or spending eternity in hell? A soul is precious. As you are dealing with a person, remember a soul is precious. As you are dealing with that person, remember. I remember once we had evangelism. This was in our church in South Africa and uh, Pastor Zondi went out to the um, street lights, the, the traffic light and saw this homeless boy and spoke to the guy and invited the guy to come with her to church. You know, we come to church, pre, uh, do praise for 15 minutes and send everybody out. Make sure you come back with somebody. So Zondi went out and brought this guy. Listen, when the guy entered the room, we knew somebody had come into the room. His fragrance entered before he did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was this. Why it was not first? It was fragrance. This was the first. It, it, it turned to fire before he entered. And so sat next to this guy. I don't know how I was far away. And normally I walk around, but that day I never walked around. I stood where I was supposed to stand. And I preached from far away. And turn around and give your neighbor a hug those days there was no COVID. And before my very eyes, this lady turned and gave this young man the biggest hug. And as she was hugging the guy, the guy started crying. This is somebody who has been homeless God knows how long. And the stench You have no idea. That is how we win the lost. You don't win the lost by looking down your nose at them. You don't win the lost by saying maybe he's a thief. Maybe he's on drugs. Maybe he's a criminal. How come he has ended up by the traffic light? That's not your business. I said, that is not your business. It could, have been, it could have happened to any of us. Any of us could have been born on the other side of the street. On the other side of town. And things would have ended up badly for us. And would have been by the traffic lights. Hoping that somebody will bring us in. I was saying on, on, on Wednesday that evangelism or Christians must see so winning as a fire service officer going into a burning house to rescue everybody that is inside the burning house. When you see, when you're a fire officer and you go into a burning house, the law mandates you to carry by any means necessary the people out of the building, out whether they want to go or not. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The law states that when you're a fire officer and you enter a room that is burning, anybody you see, whether they are willing or not, you carry them. So, you see, when they, they have a way of lifting people up, they lift you up by the time you realize you're on the shoulder of somebody. As you are trying to kick, you are, they are moving you out they don't discuss with you whether you feel like getting out of the burning house or you feel like staying. Because sometimes you can be in a burning house and not know that the house is burning. How many know what I'm talking about? You may be upstairs. The fire will start downstairs and you won't know. So you, somebody will just barge into your room. Maybe you have just come out of your your bathroom and you have only a towel around you and the person comes and says that. You, You argue with the person. What, what are you doing in my, in my room? Why are you intruding my room? Without realizing that that is your savior, he's not a thief. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. But you will want to fight. But the fire service officers have been trained that when you come and see somebody like that, you don't discuss, you carry them. Hallelujah. Sometimes you go out there and you're talking to people, they will have all sorts of excuses and funny reasons. They will look at you funny. It's like somebody who was, you've just bagged into somebody and the person is is, is coming out of the bathroom and, and you have entered their room and you want to pull them out. They're not ready to go. But your job means you have to carry them. We read in Isaiah how hell has enlarged itself. There's been renovation in hell because the number of people that hell is receiving was not what hell intended for. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The, the number of, of people in hell is, is beyond what hell was originally intended for. I think it's Isaiah 8, is it 14? Yeah. There's renovation going on in hell. 5. Sorry, 5. 5.13. Sorry. There's renovation going on in hell. 14. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself and opened its mouth, mouth beyond measure. It means give me NLT if you have. It says that. The grave is licking its lips in anticipation, opening its mouth wide. Hell has opened its mouth wide. Why? Because the verse 13, go back to verse 13. The people who know what to do decide not to do anything about it. My people will go into exile. Give me, no, give me the New King James again. The people have gone into exile because. They have no knowledge. And the honorable men are bereft of reaching out to them. The ones who are supposed to know have decided to be selfish. The ones who are supposed to take a step and go out and reach out and talk to people have decided that they don't want to know. And so the people have ended up in exile. And therefore hell has enlarged itself in anticipation of receiving the people that we are supposed to get because we have decided not to get them. A soul is a soul and it's precious to God. I hope the soul is precious to you as well. Number two. The second reason is because life is too short. James chapter 4 verse 14. It says that whereas you did not not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I'm sure everyone in this room knows somebody who appeared for a while and has vanished. How many know what I'm talking about? You, have to, you know somebody you were, you used to relate with the person, you used to talk to the person, you used to see the person. You, it was your, the person was your friend and the person is no more. Like a vapor, poof, it's gone. Life is too short. We only have today. We only have this opportunity to reach out to somebody. Tomorrow you may be looking for that person, that person will be gone. we only have this chance to speak to somebody. You only have this chance to help somebody. You only have this chance to reach out to somebody. Because tomorrow, you may be looking for that person. You know, I I, I really get upset when people try to throw away money lavishly when people die. I get so, so, so wound up by it. When they were alive, you didn't do anything to, to them. You didn't reach out to them. You didn't take care of them. As soon as they die, they will, you go and paint the house. You go and construct a road. You go and buy buy food and drinks and everything. Buy a coffin. I've remembered my coffin that I bought with my car money. <laughs> Expensive coffee. What for? What for? Did you take time to find out where they were going to spend eternity? Did you take time to invest in them? Did you take time to help them? Did you take time to, to, to show them love? Now that the person is dead, you are buying (laughs) flowers, you are buying American casket that people can't carry because it's too heavy. (laughs) Life is too short. Job said, man born of a woman, his days are but few. And that is full of troubles. Our lives are so short. By the time you blink, life is finished. I remember my first day going to school, primary school. No, nursery. I remember. I had white socks on. And I had blue shorts. That came up to my stomach. And I had, it was deep blue shorts and light blue blue shirt. I had a brown belt and a brown sandals with white socks. <laughs> that was a few years ago. By the time you blink, 50 years is gone. When you are young, don't think that you'll be young forever. Don't think like that. By the time you blink, 25 years has passed. Say it again. Those of you who are singing, any man who comes, you say, ning, ning, ning. by the time you blink, you are 40. I don't like. He's too short. He's too tall. He's too fat. He's too slim. He's not my type. He's not my type. He's not your type. Now you're at the point you'll be begging for any type to come. No type will come. That's not my message. Just stray bullet for somebody. Life is too short. I said, life is too short. You have only one opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. I say you only have one opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. And make that opportunity pay. I say make that opportunity pay. Man is like a vapor. Today you see them, tomorrow they are gone. Today you see them, tomorrow they are no more. Now that you are seeing them, reach out to them. I say now that you are seeing them, reach out to them. Tell them Jesus loves you. Tell them that I care about you. Do something good for the person. Because sometimes people will not want to know how much you care until they know how much what you what you care about until they know you care about them. Hallelujah. Do you know that the church is the only institution that does not That is not supposed to be there for the people who are in, but to be there for the people who are out without. The essence of the church is not for the people within. It's for the people without. I don't know whether you got it. Our sole aim is to reach out. But now we have become so selfish, we have turned every message about us, what will benefit us. What will help us? What will make us happy? What will make us prosper? What will make us shine? For us. No, this institution is for those who are outside, not those who are in. Hallelujah. Oh, I say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our blessing is not for us. It's for those who are outside. Our prosperity is not for us. It's for those who are outside. I want us to really, from today, become as contagious a church as we are supposed to be. Is this a contagious church? I say, is this a contagious church? What is a contagious disease? I say, what is a contagious disease? That disease is infectious. When you come into contact with anybody who has a contagious disease, you catch it. If somebody has a cold and you go near them, you catch the what? How come people have been around you and they haven't caught Christ? We wrote a book. This whole church, we wrote a book. And we said, this is what? What is this? Where is your victim? Who have you infected? 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 Who Who have you infected? You have been sneezing and sneezing and nobody's catching a cold. Then maybe you don't have the code. Maybe you haven't caught Christ. Maybe after at the end of this uh, uh, service, we all have to confess Jesus Christ again and accept Him because we haven't caught Him. Yeah, the flu jab, the 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 flu jab does not prevent you from transferring flu that you have already caught to somebody. Number three. Are you okay? You are not okay with me. Mm -hmm. All right. Whether you're okay with me or not. Number one is what? Number three is because our days, we live in evil days. Because our days are evil and it is almost, almost getting to the point where nobody wants to hear Christ anymore. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 says that let us redeem the times because the days are evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The opportunity that we have to reach out to people is closing. The window is closing. How many understand what I'm saying? The window for Christians freely going around and preaching to people, strangers, is closing. In some countries, no, you can't stand and freely preach the gospel. Do you know that in this city, in this country, you can never preach it anymore? We used to be able to go to any mall and preach. You used to go to any library and preach. You can go to any marketplace and preach. You could stand on a bus and preach. I have stood on a bus and preached before. By verse 36, preach, verse 12, preach to Osford Street and back. Now you can't do that. You cannot even go anywhere near the entrance of a mall and share flyers. They'll push you out. So, the opportunity we have is closing. As all these type of HBCQ, PWDY, people are getting more power, the church and our ability to evangelize is closing. And so if we don't make the most of it, we would be worse off. Hallelujah. You know, the people who are in uh, all these uh, Arab countries and all these uh, communist Chinese places, they look at us and they get so angry with us. They can't even possess a Bible. So, the they, they Christians, they, they, they tear the pages and they give it to individual members. So, when you're coming, you bring your pages. I bring my pages. We bring your pages. Then we put it together. We have a Bible. We, we can have Bible. You have one on your phone, one on your watch, one on your shoe, one on your everywhere. Yet, we are doing very little. We are doing very little with it. So those who are having to carry different pages of the Bible and hide it in their pockets to go to church. In the day of judgment, when they stand next to us and they present what they've done, the souls they've won. And then we come with all our big Bibles that we have on our shoe, on our watch, everywhere that we didn't do anything with. When we stand next to them, what would we say to them? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, understand what I'm saying. The window of opportunity is closed. It will get to a point when you mention Jesus, you can easily be prosecuted. Yeah. In the workplace, when you try to speak to anybody about Christ, and they report you can easily lose your job. They will say you are harassing them. A nurse laid hands on a sick. Sick patient. Asked the patient, Do you mind me praying for you? The patient said, No. And the nurse laid hands on, on him and prayed over him. And when she finished, the man said, Thank you. That really helped. The fellow nurse went to report to the authorities about this nurse and she was sacked. For laying hands on somebody who actually invited the prayer and was blessed and happy with the prayer, another person standing next went and reported and they lost their job. I say the window is closing. It is slowly closing. If we don't make the best out of it, if we don't walk, he says that walk circumspectly, not as fools. Ephesians 5.15, walk circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the times because the days are evil. The days are evil, so we need to redeem. We need to make the maximum. So, so when we talk about a, a month of Anakazu, know that it's the opportunity for us as a church, uh, in general, to make the most out of it. Because the days are coming, you won't be able to have any Anakazu in this part of the world. Hallelujah! Number four. Let's let's hurry up and close. Am I okay for time? Because the heart of the lost are still open to hear the gospel. The reason why we need to have agency is because the heart of the lost are still open to hear the gospel of Christ. Acts chapter 16 verse 14 and a certain woman named Lydia a seller of purple of the city of Titeria which worshiped God heard us whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Hallelujah. In Acts 2, verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day, and they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Hallelujah. In Jerusalem, Paul, uh, Peter preached, and 3,000 souls were added. Because the window of people accepting the gospel was open. Amen. And I believe it's still opened. I say I believe it's still opened. In Acts chapter 6 verse 7, it says, Then the word of the Lord spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests were obedient to the faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we go out there, great many will be added. I was saying on, on Wednesday, the reason why the church is empty is because the people are refusing to go out and anakazo people in. Hallelujah. One of the things that God is laying on my heart strongly is for church growth. I will be talking about it at the camp. For church growth. There's no point in having a church that is empty. Oh, I don't think I'm speaking to the right church. I say there is no point in having a church that is empty. There's no point in having a pub that is empty. Have the light on, have uh, beers, different uh, uh, sorts of beer, and nobody's coming to drink. There's no point in having a hotel that nobody comes to sleep in. What am I saying? When a church is open, it's open for a purpose. Hallelujah. A church is not open for a few people to sit there with empty chairs around them. Ah, I don't know whether I'm speaking to somebody. The church is supposed to be as full as the pub, if not more. The church is supposed to be as full as the stadium. Mind, you I was watching uh, I won't go there. Go, there. go there. I was watching the women's football and the announcer, uh the the the, the, the person who gives announcement announced that the attendance was I think it was 9,000 something something. 9,760 something. And the man was, the commentator was saying that the women's game hasn't grown as much. That is why it is not attracting uh, audience. And it's like, he was talking down on on the 9,000, as if 9,000 doesn't mean anything. And I was saying to myself, how many churches have 9,000? These guys very lamenting that the women's football is not attracting attention and like they should make the, the, the tickets one pound so that all people, families can go, young people can go for free so that it can attract as much attendance as the men's game. Because the men's game they're talking about 70,000, 80,000, 90,000. And these ones are only attracting 9,000. How come we can't make attendance into the church so easy that people can come so that our attendance can grow? If football people are thinking of reducing prices so that anybody and everybody will go in, What are we doing to reduce the bottleneck so that people can come in? One thing about church growth if you don't passionately chase it, it will never happen. If it's not a vision, if it's not your intention, if it's not what you try for, it will never happen. For some of us, the reason why you're not married. Is because your type is not here. I think I'm preaching more than you're Amen. The reason why you are not married is because your type is not here. Why is your, your type not here? Because the doors are still closed. The day that the doors will be open and many people drive in, you will see you'll be married already. I say you'll be married already. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason why your business hasn't taken off is because your customers haven't come into the church. The day the church doors will open and they will come in, your business will take off. That's why all of us must make it our vision to enlarge the church. Uncle Fred, we are going to take all these things off and we're going to expose the chairs that are up up here, all here from this side, all the ways, chairs we have to fill the church, we have to do three services in this place Hallelujah, Pastor Sam did you hear what I said, three services not of the same people come for one service, go come for another service to go. Win the loss at all costs. The reason why life is so hard, your destined helpers haven't come into the church. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. The people who are there, God has assigned to help you are not yet here. The day they will come in, you will see that life will become better. That is why we have to go out and win them. Hallelujah. I wonder who is calling at this time of the day. We'll talk about it after church. Hmm? Whose phone was that? We'll talk about it. Don't worry. I have serious meeting with, with the two of them after church. Number number five because the judgment is imminent, judgment of hell is imminent. Second Thessalonians one eight and nine in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. And on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Hallelujah. The judgment of God is everlasting judgment. Amen. Amen. John chapter 6 verse 36 says that he who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Amen. God said that he would do not want any of us to perish. In 2 Peter 3:9, says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to ask what? Not willing that any should perish but that we should all come to repentance. Hallelujah. God has sent us to go out there and make sure that nobody perishes but we all come to repentance. That is why we must make it an, our, our agent need to go out there and win souls. I always say that there are people that you can bring. There are people that you can invite. There are people that you can compel. The story that we've been looking at, he says that the, the house, the banquet, the man when he finished the banquet, he said to his servants, go and bring the invited people. And what did the invited people say? Married I've married a wife. I've bought a field. I've bought a, a yoke of oxen. I will not come. I can't come. I'm busy. Then he said, go and bring the bringables. They went and brought them. The room was still not full. So, he said, go and bring the compelables. The anakazos. And he brought the compelables. We all have invitables. We all have bringables. We all have anacazo or compelables. Yeah. Oh, I you me. The people you can invite. The people you can get. The people that you need to bring. People that live depend on you. You don't invite. You bring them. The reason why Islam is still the fastest growing religion is because they understand this little little thing that I'm talking about. They compel their children into the mosque whether you like it or not, once you are born into this family, you are Muslim. And you remain Muslim. Anything, trying to change anything, we will not tolerate it. Christians, we are going to church. You can do anything you want to do. Listen, never ever allow any child that stays in your house to decide whether they will come to church or not. No, 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 no. It's it's, it's, it's a a wrong thing. It's a very wrong thing. Am I making sense? Yeah. It is your responsibility to make sure they are in the house of the Lord. Train up a child in the way they should go. This thing that has brought you peace and has brought you uh, God's favor. And God's uh, blessing, why are you trying to deprive it of your child? Or you haven't looked at it that way. If God has helped me, God has prospered me, God has blessed me, and I'm blessed because I'm serving God, why would I deprive my children from doing the same? So, on Sunday, if you want to go and watch, uh, go swimming, you can go. If you want to sleep and lie in, you can do it. No. No. Says I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than be anything anywhere else. Other things other people are looking for your children. On Wednesday I was telling you about uh, this the story and the whole message finished. Young people that used to be part of this church today they are in prison because their parents didn't allow us to look after them. They used to be here, playing the music musical instrument. Today, they are selling drugs, and they are in and out of prison. Parents, please, I beg you, even if you can't come to church, allow your children to be in the house of the Lord. Allow us to train the children for you. Don't obstruct us. Some, our problem as a church is the parents. Our problem is the parents. Because the parents will not release the children for them to come. These guys used to be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they were here. Anytime they come, we open the door for them to be here. After school, they will come. They will come and do rap. They will come and do dance, whatever. We kept them here. The parents will come and stand outside there and fight us. At the point I said, let them go. Because why have we kept their children till 9 p.m.? They are not outside in the nightclub. They are in the house of God. Today, the same parents visit the children in jail. No, I'm not telling stories. On Wednesday, I can't show it today. On Wednesday, I showed the pictures of the guys. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't know, but I feel guilty because I feel like I did not fight enough for the children. But how can you fight a parent over their own child? So I'm appealing to all parents here your children belong to God, not you, they don't belong to your comfort. I want my children to come and uh, uh, hoover the place and uh, clean up the place and do the dishes. And they are in the house of God. I remember once I was at home. It was 11 o'clock. 11 p.m. My son was not back home. I left him when I was going. He was in church. He, at the time he was about 11 or 12. No, 13 or 14. He was a teenager. So I got angry, sat in the car, and drove here. And he had locked the door. So I was banging the door, very angry that this guy, what I'm going to do to him today. So I banged the door, then he opened the door. And I came in. What are you doing here? And he was quiet, he was looking at me. And he said to me, that I am in the house of God. I didn't go to the nightclub. I didn't go anywhere. I'm in a church. I felt this more. Now how to, after ranting, how to turn (laughs) and go? And the Lord rebuked me, said, where would you rather him be? In my house or your house? I said oh, do you want to stay longer or do you want to go <laughs> from that day I leave him. Hallelujah even if there's nobody here and they are the only ones here God is here with them I said God is here with them and God will mold their life yeah. out of all those kids The ones who stayed, their lives were transformed. The ones who left, only God knows what has happened to them. Stand to your feet.